this is Christmas. We celebrate the birth of Christ. And the Bible gives us a, a whole lot of detail about that day, about that, about when he came, what led up to him coming. And I don't know if you read this in your house on Christmas, but Luke chapter two is a is the is the typical Christmas story we read. So I'm just gonna pull a few things out of that. So Luke chapter two, I'll start in verse one in those days. A decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring the good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was within the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Father, we thank you this morning for your word to us. It's a special word. It's the, it's the word of you coming to us. So thank you for it. Lord, we pray that you bless it to us this morning. Remind us, Lord, through all the wrapping paper, through all the, through all the hustle and bustle of the season, remind us of why we do it, of why we slow down, of why we celebrate you on this day. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. I would say you may be seated, but you didn't get up. I just read it for the first time, verse 16. And if you don't put the commas in the right place, it sounds a little funny. These aren't in my notes, by the way. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Some of you will get that after lunch. When I was reading it to you, I thought, wow, all three of them were in the manger together. Must have been a cold night. Must have been five degrees out without any heat. That'll be the new Christmas story. And the first family was cuddled in a manger together. I said this Christmas Carol Collective uh, last Wednesday night. There's a couple of things that stand out to me about this story that maybe, um, maybe you might not think about right away. Something I said Wednesday night 
that God has hit me with um, in this season is that 800 years previous to Jesus being born, there was a prophecy about him saying he would be born in Bethlehem. Just so happens at this time, Caesar Augustus, the most powerful man anywhere on the planet at that time, decreed that there would be a census. And so you get you get a peasant guy like Joseph has no choice in the matter. He's just got to pack his family up and roll out and go to Bethlehem where he's from. And so I started thinking about all the different times in our lives when we have things happen to us that we can't control. When, when the power goes out and the heat doesn't work, when, when the pipes freeze, all the things that we can't control. When, when your boss says, you have to go do this now, you have to take the trip, you have to You have to work overtime. You have to do it. It feels almost like it's out of control when things happen that are out of our sphere of influence, seemingly. What do we do about it? How do we think about it? I know my initial reaction to most of those things is to think about being, is it fair? Is it unfair? Why is this happening to me? But 800 years previous to this event happening, a prophet said that that the Savior will be born in Bethlehem. Matter of fact, when they get to Herod, the Herod wants to know where the baby's going to be born. They can go back to scripture and tell him, hey, it's going to be born in Bethlehem. So I, I started thinking about how that whole thing works out. And there's a level of thinking that we all do, right? We all think at this level. Lord, why is this happening to me? Why is this going this way? Why, is this, why does it have to be this cold on Christmas Day? Why does Bill's jacket have to be that bright? Why does... That's an impressive jacket, Bill. Why does, why does it have to work this way? Why did I have to get sick this year? Why does... And what I started realizing was that it seems like Caesar Augustus made a decree just because he wanted to count everybody. And so you can read it on surface level and you can say, well, Joseph was... Joseph was just following a decree. He didn't have any control over it. He didn't have it. There wasn't anything he could do about it. He's just following a decree that Caesar made, and he just had to do it. But I got to ask a question as I did Wednesday night. Was Joseph following Caesar or was Caesar following God? Now, I don't know that Caesar Augustus ever worshiped the one true God. But what I want to present to you this morning is whether he worshiped him or not, he still did what he was told. So now I start thinking about my life on another level, not just what happens to me that I can't control, but God, how did you orchestrate that to get me where you wanted me to be? How did you orchestrate all that stuff to get Jesus to be born in Bethlehem, even even lay him in a manger? How did you get all that together? And you start to realize if he needs to influence your boss to move you to a different town for his purpose, he can do that. If If he needs to influence somebody that you have no connection to, that you have no authority over. Joseph versus Caesar. It wasn't like Joseph was going, hey, can I get, can I get an appointment with Caesar? But, you know, this baby needs to be born in Bethlehem. We got to figure out how to do this. Joseph had, didn't have any influence over anyone, and yet God still was able to move him through the most powerful person on the planet. So here's a confidence that I want you to have this morning. Wherever God needs you to be to do what he wants to do in your life, to fulfill every promise in your life. He can do it. He can influence the most powerful people on the planet to move you around. Some of you have already experienced it. Man, how did you get here? 
You've got amazing stories about how you arrived at where you are, how God blessed you, uh, your family, how all these things happened. And you go, you know, it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. You know, this happened and this happened and this happened. And what you understand is that just like Job understood in some of the most difficult times of his life, man, no plan of his can be thwarted. Once he sets it into motion, even Caesar listens to it. Amen? I want to leave you with something else. The greatest arrival in human history didn't have any reservations. Did you ever think about that? We, um, anybody ever tried to get a dinner with no reservation? Uh, we were with friends uh, a couple weeks ago in Shepherdstown. And um, I don't even think about making reservations. We just walked into a restaurant in Shepherdstown with some friends and um, it was Christmas season. And we just walked into the restaurant and we said, hey, we'd like a table for four. And they were like, whoa, do you have reservations? And I'm like, I didn't know I needed reservations. And he said, we're not sure. It, it, it could be what, which an hour and a half. It, we might not get to you tonight. And I was like, do you know who? <laughs> she was not impressed. Matter of fact, I think she had the same response as you just did. So we just put our heads down a little bit and walked out defeated and reminded that if I'm going to show up somewhere, I got to have reservations. If I'm going to do that, then I've got to pre-plan and I've got to make all these, you know, because that's the way we operate, isn't it? We've got to think ahead. We've got to be prepared. We've got to, like, it's responsible for us to do that. It's responsible for me. If I'd have been a good host with our friends, I would have called ahead and got a reservation, but I didn't think about it. So then we went right up the street, walked into another restaurant, and we said, hey, can we get a table for four? And they said, do you have reservations? And I'm, I'm like, is McDonald's the only place that doesn't require them now? So I looked around and I thought, you've got six tables open. I didn't say anything. I wasn't rude. But I'm thinking... Wow, Chris, maybe the Lord's trying to tell you something. Maybe you should prepare. And then I read the Christmas story. You realize that there's some things in, that God wants to do in, in your life that you may not expect or be able to prepare for. Now, listen, uh, if you're young in here, I'm not saying don't do your homework. I'm not saying don't study. If, if you're older in here, I'm not saying don't go to work and do a good job. I'm not saying don't be prepared. I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't have a generator in Back Creek Valley. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that there's some things you can't anticipate. There's some things that God wants to do in your life that you'll never be able to, to anticipate. You can't think that far ahead. You can't think like him. And so as much as we try to be prepared, all you control freaks out there on Christmas Day, this is one for you. The Savior of the world showed up with no reservations. No place. Joseph and Mary showed up as poor. People traveling. No reservations, no family, no, no, no way to secure a room. They just show up. And guess what happens? The God of all creation still makes it happen. It, it didn't seem ideal. Now, now listen, 
we, we like it now because it makes for a really good nativity scene. Could you imagine a Motel 6 nativity scene? Wouldn't have been anywhere near as cool. Hey, Jesus was up on the third floor, just had a baby in the bathroom. Wouldn't have been cool. But now we have the manger. Now we've got a sentimental value to it. But it wasn't convenient. You don't read anywhere where Mary and Joseph are like, man, can you believe God gave us this sweet room? No reservations. The truth of the matter is miracles often happen even though we don't plan for them. The angel told Mary she would bear a child, but she didn't tell her under what conditions or what time of day. She just said, you're going to bear a child. And then Joseph comes to her and says, hey, we got to make a trip. We got to go to Bethlehem. And I don't know, the Bible is not specific about how long they stayed in Bethlehem before she had the child. But here's what we know. There wasn't enough room in, a, in any place to have a baby. The truth of the matter is God could be doing a miracle in your life right now that you do not have the capacity to prepare for that it could be so outside of your realm of thinking right now. God could be wanting to do something in your life right now that you don't have a reference point for. Mary was a teenager. Joseph was, was not that. They were young, traveling for a census. Doesn't say Joseph had 15 other kids. They were doing it for the first time. What can we expect? I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. And we had been to Lamaze classes. And I'm thinking, well, how did they tell me to breathe? I don't remember. Like it was, like my breathing was important. They were trying it all for the first time. So put yourself in that place this morning. Maybe God wants to do something in your life in this season that you've never experienced before. You can't prepare. You can't make reservations. It's not like calling up a restaurant saying, hey, we've been there, so we love it. We've been there so many times, just mark us down. You don't even know what to reserve. You don't even know what to set aside. You don't even know what to do yet. The story of Christmas is that God came to earth and nobody called ahead and went, hey, this young couple's coming to Bethlehem. Make sure they get the best room. God still did a miracle. And here's something, one more thing that I want to leave you with. Hmm. Celebrate with whoever he sends you. I think everybody here probably at some point in time or another wish they were with the cool kids. Anybody remember that in school? I remember wishing I had a pair of, I remember when the first Air Jordans came out. Anybody else? Anybody else? I don't want to say too much about it in Christmas morning because maybe some kids wishing for the 850th pair of Air Jordans that have come out. But I remember when the first ones came out. I remember a kid showed up to school with the first pair of Air Jordans. And I thought, God, what would it be like to have a pair of high top Air Jordans? What would it be like? All the shoes I wore were off-brand shoes. I'd never had a pair of Nikes on my feet. And I remember thinking, what, 
what would it be like to be with the cool kids? When God came to earth, angels could have picked anybody to jump in front of. Could have picked anybody. Could have went to Herod. Could have went to some big time business people. Could have went to some important politicians. Could have went to anybody and stood in front of them and said, hey, listen, the savior of the world has just been born and they got him wrapped up in some cloths down in a manger in a, hanging out with the horses. You, should, you guys should go down there and see him. But that's not who they came to. They came to some shepherds. They came to some shepherds who were more than likely dirty, more than likely they were just farm people. Say amen. Just farm people. And that was, now, now think about this. You're Mary and Joseph. You're still in shock. How do you even hold baby Jesus? How do you deal with it? How do you, how do you like, this looks like a regular baby, but they told us it was God. How you process all that. And then the first people to show up to it aren't dignitaries, aren't aren't people to reinforce that he's Jesus, aren't like super important people. The first people to show up to it are what? A bunch of bunch of stinky farmers. That's who shows up. The first people to show up don't have any money. The first people show up aren't like, we're this is amazing. We're the most important people. We found out about this. The first people to show up don't have any influence. The first people to show up can't do any favors. The first people to show up really can't do anything about it. Really, they're just shepherds. And and it doesn't say, it just says they went and told everybody they knew. Who did they know? They knew more people like them. So think about this. The Bible doesn't say anywhere that Mary and Joseph wished different people showed up. It doesn't say they wished different people. It doesn't say when the shepherds showed up that Joseph looked over Mary and go, well, we're not getting anything out of this group. We'll wait for a couple years when the wise men show up, they're going to bring the good gifts. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say they were disappointed with who they were around. And man, sometimes I've got to remind myself of this that you party with who you showed up with. Did you hear that? You party with who you showed up with. Kids, you didn't get to pick your parents. I'll apologize for some of them up front. Parents, you don't get to, you don't get to pick your kids. <laughs> apologize for them too sometimes. You don't get to pick your in-laws. You don't get to pick a whole lot of things but you do get to pick whether you party or not. You do get to pick whether you party or not. And there's nothing in scripture that says Mary and Joseph were disappointed when shepherds showed up. Doesn't say that. It says they celebrated. They celebrated. And in today's world, it's so easy to get on social media and compare our families 
to someone else, to compare our Christmas celebration with someone else, to compare with someone else, compare with someone else, compare with someone else. And then all of a sudden we get into a place where we're like, well, our party's not as cool as everybody's. We got a bunch of stinky farmers showing up. We got a bunch of what they bring. They didn't, they didn't bring anything cool. And then you look at somebody else's and the wise men showed up early. Come on, you know what I'm saying? My friends were getting the Air Jordans early. And God has to remind us, you party with who you came with, amen? That you celebrate. It's not about how much the people that have that came to see you. It's not about how much they can offer. It's not about, it's the fact that they came. Amen. And at this Christmas time, we can sit around family. Look, it ain't perfect. It's never perfect. Look at your neighbor. Matter of fact, look at the person away from your neighbor. You may be related to them. And say, it ain't ever perfect. But it is worth celebrating. Amen. It's never perfect, but it is worth celebrating. And the story of Christmas is that nothing about the Savior's birth was perfect, but there was a giant celebration. Shepherds showed up, normal people showed up that didn't really have a whole bunch to offer. But I know Mary and Joseph partied with who came. Amen. So I'm thankful. Can I say this as a pastor? I'm thankful to party with you. I mean, church party. We don't get crazy or anything. But I'm thankful to party with you. I'm thankful with all our flaws, all of our bumps and bruises. Back Creek Valley, all the cow poo, the whole thing. That was funny, wasn't it? I'm thankful to party with who came. Amen. And in the future, I'm thankful to party with who God will send. And if it's more sheep farmers, we're going to have fun. And we're going to celebrate. If it's doctors and lawyers, we'll celebrate. If it's teachers and accountants, we'll celebrate. If it's whoever comes, we'll celebrate. Because what scripture tells us that's so beautiful about Christ is that whosoever will. Amen? And it says that heaven celebrates for one law, more for one lost person being saved. And you know what it doesn't qualify? It doesn't qualify where they're from, how much money they make, what, what, they, what they have to offer. It doesn't say anything. It just says they were lost and now they're found. And that story is played out every Christmas in the Christmas story. Mary and Joseph, Joseph showed up with their reservations and showed the, so did the shepherds. And they celebrated. So I want to pray over you this morning. And I want you to go home and celebrate with the people you're with. Amen? Be thankful for who we're with today. Be thankful that that God can direct our steps in every sense of the word. Be thankful that you don't need a reservation, that you can call on his name at any time. And then party with who you came with. Amen? So let's do that this morning. Come on, could you stand to your feet? I want to pray a blessing over you. It's been a wonderful thing to get together this morning and sing a little bit and thank God for his goodness to us on Christmas morning. Father, 
you have been good to us. Somebody say amen. We are thankful that you direct every step to get to this place. We're thankful, God, that we didn't need a reservation to show up in front of you. But when we showed up, you had space. And Lord, we're thankful for the people you've put around us. Flaws, all the bumps and bruises, Lord, we're thankful. And Lord, we want to just exalt you this morning. We want to celebrate you and all that you've done. Because this is, this is about you. And we are blessed to know you. We are transformed by knowing you today. And we give you the honor and the glory for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Could you say amen? Amen.